Welcome to Quest for Gold, your weekly update on the games headed into Tokyo. I'm Ryan Burrow. The International Olympic Committee met with Tokyo organizers this week. They rolled out a second round of the so-called playbooks. These are the guidelines for holding the Olympic Games safely during the pandemic. This latest round calls for Olympic athletes to be tested for COVID-19 daily. They do not need to quarantine, though. Athletes do not need to be vaccinated, though many nations are strongly urging their athletes to get COVID-19 shots. Coaches, officials, and others who are not athletes will be tested daily for three days after they arrive, and then regularly during the games, depending on their roles and contact with athletes. They're also being told to minimize their exposure to the Japanese public. The playbook comes as Japan and the IOC continue to try to build confidence in the Japanese people that the games will be safe. Polling has shown many residents don't want the games to take place. Japan this week crossed 10,000 COVID-19 related deaths. The death toll has doubled over the last three months. The next playbook will address spectators and that'll be released in June. On this week's Athlete Spotlight, we chat with USA Judo's Nefeli Papadakis, who at 22 is looking to make her first and hopefully not last Olympic appearance. Looks like you had a pretty um, eventful but successful week uh, south of the border. Yeah, we were in um, Mexico and Guadalajara for Pan American Championships this past week. Um, I took second this time, or I took third this time. I we had another Pan Ams a couple months ago in November. Uh, they did two European or two continental championships for judo because of coronavirus, and the first one was kind of short short term planning. Like we only had a couple weeks to kind of figure out how to get out there. So I think that's why they did two to give everyone an opportunity to go in later months if they can. So it was good overall, though. I needed the matches and kind of experience. Is that is that part of the qualifying process, or is this just you trying to get your feet wet and, and try to get back into the cycle? It's, it's both. Um, we've been in the cycle, but again, like a lot of other countries have not been able to travel as easily as we have. So it's been um, – th- we've had probably a tournament every month since November – so judo has been like back on the regular tour, regular qualification cycle for a couple months now. But for some, Pan Ams was the first tournament back for them since COVID hit. I saw the CDC just kind of put out there that 80 percent, they're not recommending travel to about 80 percent of the countries internationally. Did, does that impact you? I mean, are most of these tournaments taking place outside of the U.S. borders? Oh, yeah. Every single tournament we've been to has been in Europe or uh, the farthest one's probably been Uzbekistan. So um, we've had to get, you know, travel visas. And for, I think, every tournament we've been to, we've had to have a visa or at least a letter of, um, like, invitation from the tournament and from the government. So it's been a lot more of a process than usual. It's not just, all right, here's my passport. I'm checked in. I'm going. You need your COVID testing. We need all our visas. We need, like, a bunch more documentation to be able to get in what's the travel been like when you're jumping on these planes because a lot of people haven't traveled for the last year i mean is it weird do they have spaces between everyone um no they in the beginning they did and i think that's just because less people were traveling but now that people are a little bit less uh now that people are a little bit more relaxed i would say uh the international flights have been like i've been filled rows for my seats i haven't really had space but i wear my n95 and (laughs) it's kind of all i can do i don't know now um so how where are you at as far as um qualification to this point how many steps do you have to go i know it's not a sure thing yet but 
obviously. Mm-hmm. USA felt pretty confident putting you at the media summit that, that you've got a, a pretty significant shot at, at going to Tokyo. Yeah. So right now I'm still directly qualified. Um, they take like the top 18 uh, spots for each weight class. And I think I'm at 17 or 16 for that right now. So I'm still in it. And we have two more events left before qualifications over. So we have a tournament in Russia in the beginning of May. And then we have our world championships in the beginning of June. And then that's it. So you're trying to accumulate points. Is it a point system to be in that 18? And that's 18 worldwide. That's not a Team USA 18. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So is there any kind of um, cap on how many Americans can compete um, at any given time? So for each weight class, there's only, well, for qualification, at least there's only, you know, you can only have your top person from each country. So even if there's like, um, let's say from France, there's like four girls from France that are all very good. They're all in the top 10. Only one of them can go to the games. So that's kind of how it filters out with that. For the U.S., there's not really another, um, another female in my weight that's um, qualified right now. So I don't have. We don't really have that problem. Judo is a lot smaller in this country, so we don't really have U.S. athletes battling each other head-to-head for the spot. But on an international uh, level, we definitely we have a couple out there. I think right now it's there's three of us directly qualified, and then we have one that's a continental quota, which is like a wild card. So it's just the next person with the most points gets a spot on the team. Okay. What's the last year been like for you? I know that uh, you live in the northern suburbs. You, you're usually on a on a non pandemic year. You would train, I believe, in Chicago, right? Do you have a location in Chicago right. that you train at? Um, yeah. Has that been completely closed down? Uh, yeah, my my actual dojo training center has been closed down this entire time. Still not open, but we have uh, we have a space in the city where, like downtown Chicago, where I've been training with a group of like six to seven of my training partners. So honestly, it hasn't been so different the past couple months because it's, it might be more efficient in a way. Like I know that sounds kind of bad, but it's the same bodies I had before. And we just all committed to kind of making a bubble and being like, you know, very careful. We were getting tested regularly um, in the, in the beginning months in like the March, April, kind of the beginning. And then after the summer came or after the summer ended, we, uh, we tested like once a month cause I started competing a lot. So it was getting a little hard to keep up with all that. And at this point, I think everyone I train with has been vaccinated besides maybe one or two. Cause they're a little younger. They're like 18 and 19 years old. But once appointments opened up to everyone in Chicago, they, they got on that. So and you're fully vaccinated. I am. Yeah. All right. How, how did you handle uh, the, the first and second dose? Uh, I was fine. First dose, I was totally fine. I um, just had a little sore arm, but I was good. And the second dose definitely hit me a little bit harder. Like they, they were saying it would, uh, I had like a light fever and I was just kind of tired. Um, I don't think it, it was not as bad as, as some stories I've heard. Um, I thankful. I was thankful for that, but I was just out for like a day. I took a day off and then two days later I went back to judo. I was fine. But U.S. uh, Olympic Committee hasn't told you or IOC hasn't said anything that you need to be vaccinated before they have. I'm assuming they're encouraging athletes to get vaccinated. Um, I they haven't said anything like that. 
I heard, I think it was just a rumor, but that uh, they'd be, they'd be open to helping us get vaccinated or get access to a vaccine in May. But I, I mean, we're judo, at least we're traveling a lot, you know, we're doing Olympic qualifiers and our sport is so face-to-face contact with everyone. I was a little unwilling to risk waiting that long. So I, I did like this volunteer program uh, at a vaccination site so I could get it a little earlier. Oh, fantastic. All right. So in the, the early stages of the pandemic, I know the training was uh, was interesting for you. We, we messaged back and forth. And, and I know, too, from, from what you said at the media summit, uh, you trained with a dummy. It sounds like for at least three months. Yeah. Did, you name the, did you name the dummy? Does it have a name? Well, I didn't have a solid name for the dummy. Uh, okay. Is, I know. Is it still an important part of your life? <laughs> um, you know what? Kind of. It's uh, I, I use it on off days. I don't drive because I live in Gurney. So it's like an hour, an hour 15 drive to get down to downtown Chicago. So uh, we have judo four days a week down there. And the other three days, like in the mornings, I'll, I'll use it for fit-ins and stuff. I'll, I'll still throw it around for, for kicks, but uh, not as essential as it used to be. Maybe if you medal, that that that's where the medal goes. Right? You, can <laughs> you give know, credit you're to the dummy. You're just there through it all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I do find it interesting. You've got a very unique situation because your father is actually your coach, right? Mm-hmm. So he he, I mean, in theory, he's in your bubble. So you guys have been able to continue uh, training to the extent that you can train. And I do think this is interesting, also, because while all the other athletes are struggling to say. Oh, my my family can't come and visit me if I go to Tokyo. I can't bring my kids. I can't bring my, my 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 parents who have been with me. I would assume that he would qualify um to go if he's your coach, right? Do we know? I would love that, but uh unfortunately no. There's um, you know, the US the United States as a whole only gets so many coaches and staff for each sport. And judo, you know, we're a smaller sport. We're probably only qualifying four to five athletes for these games. So they appoint like one head coach and I think one assistant coach. But um, after they announced that the they weren't going to allow foreign spectators to the to the Olympics, they I'm I'm 99 percent sure they had to like shrink the actual delegation size of the United States team. So now we don't even know if we're going to get training partners out there. We everything's kind of up in the air still with that. Okay. All right. Well, that, that's a bummer because I, I know that yeah. you know that, that's it's one thing to to be able to go out and compete. That's exciting. It's another thing to have the family who's been so supportive of you throughout this process. That's going to be a challenge because they're going to have to watch yeah. from from somewhere else. Do you have any idea? what these games are going to look like? Like, have you been told uh, about, I, I don't even know if you've had a chance to, to look at your venue at all or, or see kind of what the setup's going to be. Yeah. So it's cool for judo. We actually in 2019 had our world championships in Tokyo. So we got to compete in the actual venue that we're, we be competing in, in the Olympic games. Um, so I, I have an idea of like the stadium, the feel, uh, I, I don't know. Cause I, I haven't been to an Olympics before. This is really my first like run. So it's, I don't really know what to expect it, it generally. Um, I know that uh, at least cause we've been doing tournaments uh, so consistently for judo qualifying that I'll at least be familiar with the COVID protocols, you know, like going in, getting tested right away when you arrive at the airport, doing your quarantine for a cup for 24 hours, I'm assuming, uh, we haven't gotten like all of those details yet, but 
I would assume it'll be the same or very similar to what I'm doing now. So that's going to be good in a way, like mentally, because it won't really, I won't feel out of place. I won't be like, oh, this is weird. Like, why are we in our rooms for this long? Why am I taking this test for the fourth time on this trip? Like, it's kind of uh, going through the motions for me at this point. So, Are you feeling good about the protocols they've put into place or they've communicated to you, first of all, that you'll be safe, and second of all, that these games will actually happen? Because I know you never every, every day it seems like there's a new piece of information coming out of Japan. Right. Um, I think at this point I'm, I'm very confident the games will happen. Um, honestly, purely from a financial standpoint, the fact that they postpone these games, like now they're definitely having them. It's so close out and they've spent so money, so much money um, to keep the ball rolling that at this point for them to cancel them, I knock on wood. Uh, I just, I can't, I don't really see it happening, but um, I think they've taken, they've taken everything into account that they can, you know, uh, at, at the tournaments I've been attending so far, we have to get two negative tests uh, the week before we fly out and then once you arrive to whatever country you're going to, you have to get another PCR test on site, quarantine for 24 hours, and then you're allowed to leave your room. And then the morning of your weigh-in, which for judo is the day before you compete, you get another PCR test to like confirm that you're 100 million percent negative. Uh, so I think you know we you almost get tested every day you're out there, which might seem excessive, but again, our sport is very very high contact. So it it makes sense, you know, and I think it's really, it's not the biggest deal. You just, you get used to it. Yeah. And I mean, obviously in your sports with, with the physical contact there, you're not so much worried about you, this person who, you know, you're, you're, you're set up against. So that's, uh, that's obviously a concern. Um, You obviously had a lot of testing during the pandemic. Did everything go fine with you and your family through over the span? Yeah. Um, Thank God we somehow knock on wood again. Like we've been, we've been okay. I want to go back to your, to your training a little bit. When the pandemic first hit, you could have gone two avenues, right? Or maybe you could have balanced it out. Maybe you did need to rest my body. This is an opportunity for me to kind of step away from the sport a little bit, try to, you know, get my head in the right place, maybe relax a little bit. We're in this for the long haul. Number two, Let's accelerate the training. Let's make sure that we hit the ground running. So when 2021 comes around, you know, we're maybe even in a better spot than we were in 2020. How, what was your mental approach going into this? You and your dad, as you kind of laid out this plan for you coming up to the, to the games. Um, yeah, honestly, it was a hybrid of both of those things. Um, in the very, very beginning of the pandemic, uh, it was obviously a lot mentally and like stress wise to hear that the games were getting postponed um, and cause we didn't really know what was going to happen. But after they announced that it was postponed and not canceled, it kind of lit the fire under me again. And I was like, okay, you know, you need to use this time to, to excel uh, where I was a year ago. You know, I'm, I'm on the younger side for, I'm the youngest person on the U S team, at least right now it's qualified. So it's kind of, it's a big experience. It's a huge thing in any sport, uh, especially in judo. So I had to really use this year to improve on the things that I, I did not have in my arsenal from, from my matches, for my game. I, I tried to use it as much as I could to like study a lot of the girls I was fighting. Um, so it proved to be helpful in that. Uh, I had an injury in the beginning of the pandemic. I like hurt, I had hurt my ribs 
and ribs or something that you really can't tape up and just get back out there. Like it's, it sucks. You know, it hurts to breathe. And in judo, if you're getting thrown on your back, on your ribs all the time, like they're not going to heal. So I would say I took like, took it easy for a month, a month or two. And then, and then I just, I had to start again. It's, you know, doing judo every day, sometimes twice a day and training all the time, going from a hundred to zero was not, you know, it wasn't good for me, like physically, mentally. Uh, so I was very motivated to get back to it. What was that first tournament like? Because you probably had, everyone was in the same boat. Everyone was amped up. So, and everyone was healthy, right? Cause everyone had this time. So, you know, did, did, was the game elevated when you got back or was, was, was there still a lot of rust that people had to knock off? The first one, there was a lot of rust, and I think that was for everyone. Um, our sport, again, we were used to competing every, like, three weeks, every two weeks. You know, there's always a tournament, always an event. So having nothing for, like, even three months sounds ridiculous, but having nothing for our eight months is a really long time for every, all, every single one of us. So I think um, – Everyone was a bit rusty those first two competitions, but after that, um, you know, it started picking up and picking up. And by this point, I would say everyone's pretty much back to their normal, normal form. And because we're so close to the games now, so everyone's kind of building up and building up and building up to to be able to peak in Tokyo. You think you're in a better position now, or you're better along in your career now than you were just as the pandemic was hitting? I, I do. Um, I had a lot of like fine details that I needed to work on. Uh, just like small mistakes I'd make in matches or even like strategy wise, like what I need to change. It gave me a lot of time to really watch the videos of my fights and like analyze it. You know, you don't always have a lot of time to train during an Olympic qualification year because you have tournaments this week, you have tournaments 10 days from now you're flying out and then you have a camp and then you have this. So it was a lot of, a lot of things being thrown at you all at once. And you, it's hard to find the time to sit down with your coach or whoever, and just be like, okay, I need to work on this and this and this, like this list of things. And that's it. So it gave me that opportunity to be able to capitalize on all the time we had off for sure. What'd you do during your downtime? Did you binge on TV shows? Did you pick up a new hobby? Um, you know, I, I did my fair mix of both. I binged on TV shows. Uh, I built that little basement dojo I have going on right now. Um, and I started working out early in the pandemic, man. Like I, my, I have an older brother who also lives at home with me and he, you know, he started working out with me after a couple months. Uh, I started lifting a lot more because that wasn't as regular as it should have been a year ago, but now, uh, I've definitely implemented that. I like, into my weekly routine. Um, I was hoping that you'd have some new sourdough bread recipes for me or something, but you you didn't become (laughs) a chef or anything. Unfortunately, (laughs) no. Um, I started school. I started online school at DeVry. So that was good. Um, I feel I put my education on a hold a little bit there because I was like, Oh yeah. In a couple months, you know, we'll be done with qualifying. Then I'll be able to start school and, obviously uh, we're still not done with qualifying and it's been a year. So I'm really glad I picked back up with that and I'm working on my degree now. And you were actually teaching kids too, right? Were you training kids or coaching 
I assume that's been shut down. Yeah, that's been shut down. So I just kind of, I run judo with the kids. I train with like 18 and 19 year olds, but I still call them kids. Sure. (laughs) But, um, you know, they're still, they're still learning, um, some, not fundamental things, but they're learning how to apply the higher level things right now. So it's still, you know, sometimes the best way to learn something or burn something into your brain as a strategy is to teach it. So it's still helpful for me, even though I have to take some time to like work with them. It's all for the better. Are you mentally putting yourself at the games? Like, are you already in that headspace where I'm going to be in Tokyo or, you know, is that dangerous to think that, that far in advance with steps you still have to take? Um, I, yes, yes. I'm putting my, like, I'm like manifesting it. Right. Like I'm like, you know, you've worked for this. I show up to tournaments and leave it all out there, whatever I got, you know? Um, but I, I don't say like, Oh yes, I'm qualified. Cause you know, technically you're not, it's not over till it's over. So I'm just one of those people. I don't know. All right. Well, let me put you in that space real quick. Let's say they, they do have an opening ceremony. I know you're a uh, basketball fan, right? Yeah. Is there, is there a, a USA uh, men's or women's basketball player that you want to get a selfie with? Oh my gosh. Literally any of them. Uh, literally any of them like Steph, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, like the big names. Like, I just think, I just think it'd be really cool, but obviously I'm pretty sure everyone's going to try to do that. So Sure. Are there, are there any sports you're you're interested in? I mean, if if you know a swimmer goes by, or you know some old yeah. Miles walks by, old Miles, yeah, like just the big, like super popular Team USA people. Some of the previous gold medalists, uh, even some of the wrestlers. I think it'd be cool to get pictures with. Um, I just want to really, you know, experience it firsthand, and I think just even even seeing everyone together like that is going to be it's going to be awesome. What's the peak of the career for, for judo is, I mean, are you kind of in that frame right now? Is, is it a little older? You said you're on the young side. So does that give you an opportunity for more games down the road? Oh, for sure. I'm definitely going to try to do the 2024 run as well. Um, I, I would say the peak for judo is really your mid twenties. So maybe 25, 26, because at that point you really have a solid or you should have a solid like five, five to six years on the senior tour, you know, and competing against the best of the best for a set amount of time. You know, I'm probably in my, I'm only my, really my third year of fighting against the senior tour. Um, I'll say three and a half years, but that's including COVID, you know, so it hasn't been a full experience so far. Um, I've gotten a lot of matches. I've, I've fought in a, a lot of different people, but it's different when you're, you know, I have to break through that barrier of taking fifth place at a Grand Prix, taking, you know, I need to start meddling consistently at stuff and building up from there. So what's your next step now? Where what, What's on your calendar coming up? Um, I'm not fighting in Russia, but I'm, I'm training now for the Worlds in June, early June. Thank you, Nefeli. We'll be keeping an eye on her progress as she hopes to lock up a U.S. Olympic spot in the coming months. May is a month when qualifying really ramps up for numerous sports. Next week, we'll be talking with beach volleyball standout April Ross as she eyes her third Olympic medal. I'm Ryan Burrow. We'll see you next week on Quest for Gold.